Hello, and welcome to ICI Digs Deep, sponsored by The Horton Group. Today, Richard Hedgecock and Jim Wood chat about the dangers of concrete and how to treat and prevent chemical burns. Welcome to the ICI Digs Deep podcast. Today is our regular monthly feature with Jim Wood, our safety director here at ICI. Jim, say hello. Hello, everyone. And when you bring Jim in, you just never know what you're going to get. And today we're (laughs) going to get a little bit of a chemistry lesson as Jim talks to us about concrete safety. So what brought you on to this topic? How did it catch your attention? A couple of different things that I think it was kind of on our radar as far as a topic to talk about, as well as that during the last couple of months when we were doing the plethora of OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 trainings, that one of the topics that was included in that training was was concrete and masonry. And so as time went in and I dug more and more into that topic and the hazards associated with that, then, I mean, I've always been aware of concrete burns and the hazard, but the more I dug into it, you know, the level of risk and the exposure to it is far greater than I had really had been aware of previously. So it really brought my attention to it. I mean, I knew that, again, that people could get some dermatitis, some blistering of scaling of skin, and, you know, you might have some scabbing over of some skin, but some of the information I was reading and videos that I'd seen, I mean, it's, it can go as serious as, as amputation. Wow. Yeah. So talk to us then about OSHA. They have, I assume, some standards for concrete and masonry. Kind of go over that real quick. Okay, just on some reference points, they go fairly deep into concrete and masonry. A lot of it, you know, so there are portions of it that don't touch our membership group with tilt wall construction and precast tensioning and so on and so forth. But just to kind of pluck a few out that kind of touch our contractors is so masonry and concrete masonry fall under uh, subpart Q in the 1926 standards, so that's 700 through 706. And just a few that I plucked out from 701 and 702 is, so 701B, that's where it says that reinforcing steel must be guarded from impalement. So that's where we see the rebar caps on rebar, or, and there's a lot of interpretation out there as far as horizontal and vertical and height and so on and so sure. forth. Sure. Um, 701E actually talks about, so when there are concrete buckets in use, that no one is to be working under suspended load. 702F, head and face equipment must be worn when working around pneumatic hose. Typically, the analogy to either what they call gunite, you know, where they're actually spraying on the concrete, maybe like a pool, but also to, as uh, maybe in our world, would be concrete pumping operations. Got it. Then the one, again, affects everybody is that 702I is that saws must be guarded. OSHA touches on from all aspects about equipment guarding and whether it's tools and equipment in one way, shape, or form or another. Okay, so I know we're going to stay away from ionic versus covalent bonds, but now (laughs) let's go to silica, calcium, all the things that go into why these reactions occur and what comes out of those, what can come out of those reactions. Yeah, so dry concrete, you know, contains quartz, which is crystalline silica, and I'd say that most everybody by now is aware of the silica standard in, in the table one. And it also contains a compound called calcium oxide. And where calcium oxide in a dry state could potentially cause some respiratory irritation, but is essentially, I don't want to say harmless, but low risk. A serious hazard happens is when water is added to the mix and then we get concrete. 
And when the water is added to the calcium oxide, calcium hydroxide is formed. Okay. And that's the hazard. It's extremely alkaline, more, you know, where we know be caustic. Right. Kind of think of the pH scale, which is zero to 14 and neutral is seven. Calcium hydroxide is on the pH scale of 12 to 13. Oh, wow. So on the extreme end of that scale. Then it can result in my word of the day, right? Yeah. Hygroscopic? Hygroscopic, yeah. So skin contact with the calcium hydroxide, you know, you could, as I said earlier, I said you could get some, you know, red irritated or blistered skin, you know, some elements of dermatitis. And it can be as extensive as second and third degree burns. And then I've even read where to go to the extent of uh, amputation. When it happens is it's not an acute effect. Typically, it says concrete burns can form slowly over hours or days. And then that's the word of the day. That's due to the wet concrete is also hygroscopic, which is drawing water away from anything that holds moisture, including your wet skin and wet clothing. So it's really weird, right? You would think normally burns, it's something that happens automatically with a instant contact with whatever that burning agent is. But in this case, it's something that can build up over a period of hours. Yes. And days. If it's not treated immediately, the severity of the burns can be pretty extensive. So, so kind of try to try to verbalize that example you gave me earlier today when we talked about it with the guy on his knees and the whole. Yeah. So some of the information that I've read and I've actually had some of our member, member contractors provide me with photos is, you know, you would think, okay, primarily working with your hands and when you're doing concrete pouring and I'm going to get it on my hands and arms. A lot of the severe injuries that I've seen photos of actually involves basically the lower thighs the knees and the shins, because in a lot of cases, when it comes down to actually finishing the concrete, that person is pretty much on their, you know, their hands and knees. And so then their pant legs become wet. Sure. They may just mistake it as, I thought I kneeled in some water, my pants are wet. And they may not think anything about it until later they start to feel that tingling. And by then the severity is almost unknown. So the treatment is that the immediate steps you need to slow that burning process, that degradation process is as soon as they are aware that they're exposed, immediately wash the exposed area with clean water for approximately, they say up to 20 minutes. And by adding vinegar to the water solution can help neutralize the alkalinity. Now, the one thing to keep in mind though, is if there's contact with the eyes, that only flush the eyes with clean water and get immediate medical attention. Do not use a water vinegar solution in the eyes. Sure. And then actually you need to remove any and replace any clothing or PPE that's wet and then wash all exposed skin areas. Even if you're not aware of the contact, again, because the concrete burns can form, it can take hours or even days and then immediately seek medical attention and then provide the medical professional with uh, the safety data sheet. And some of the other information I came across was that it's recommended not to cover it. So either cover it with any ointments or lotions or even wrap it, you know, like huh. a, a burn you may want to wrap and they want, it's why it's important to hand them to provide them the, any data or information on it so that they're aware of what kind of burn they're dealing with. They don't want to apply any type of gauze or anything that's going to cover that. Interesting. Leave yeah. it exposed. Okay. The Horton Group is an insurance, surety, employee benefits, and risk advisory firm. Their expertise in risk management, construction insurance, 
and safety allows them to lead the way for construction clients with complex needs and limited resources. To get in touch, give them a call at 574-334-5500. So that's what we do if it happens. What can we do preventively to keep it from happening? Well, the last thing on the hierarchy of controls, which is probably the best control in this situation, is personal protective equipment. You know, it's a must. You know, having personal protective equipment and wearing it, protecting the skin and eyes is imperative against concrete that's going to contain the calcium hydroxide. So safety glasses, you know, eye protection is a top priority to prevent contact with the eyes. Using a chemical resistant glove, not a leather glove or any kind of a cotton type of jersey work glove, but You want to use a chemical resistant glove to protect the hands from the exposure to the concrete calcium hydroxide. So it's, I looked up in some of the glove manufacturers, chemical resistant guides, and they recommend a PVC or a nitrile or nitrile, however you choose to pronounce it, or a neoprene glove is what they recommend. They make some blends out there like a nitrile coated PVC. PVC is fairly durable as far as, you know, abrasion resistant. Right. Obviously, if they're going to be Doing a lot of the, you know, screeding and finishing by hand. They'll want to wear rubber boots so they prevent any contact with the feet and ankles or calves. And it's really important to take the additional measure so that you don't have the concrete spill over in, into the boot and come in contact with your feet. Is I know a lot of people, they'll just take duct tape and duct tape around where the really? boots can't yeah. keep it from spilling in there. So that's a good measure. And then, as we said earlier then those people that are going to do that final finishing with a trowel on their hands and knees is that you want to protect those knees and lower extremities because they're extremely susceptible to that concrete exposure. So they can either wear knee pads or use some type of a knee board or something, you know, so they're not in contact with the ground surface while they're finishing the concrete. So that's some scary stuff. Yeah, it's... um, (laughs) And like I said before, I was aware of it and I knew that uh, the burns could be serious but to the level of seriousness uh, until I really started digging into it during the training process that I learned quite a bit. So then obviously this this is the most serious safety concern with concrete. What other safety concerns are specific to this material? Well, there's going to be strains and sprains or other ergonomic injuries that can happen while you know doing concrete work, you know, carrying or moving or lifting forms. Sometimes the finishing of the concrete puts the person in awkward positions and that kind of repetitive motion can create some wear and tear and stress and strain on the body as well. So those are the things that we have to watch out for as well. Well, that's great. That's good stuff, Jim. That's important stuff. One of the additional precautions that I saw that uh, they advise is that where concrete work is being done is, you know, you can go out to any I'll say grocery store and buy the gallon jugs of distilled vinegar, keeping that on hand so that if it happens to you know occur, that vinegar water solution has helped reduce the alkalinity of the calcium hydroxide. It's like two bucks a gallon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Well, good. Yeah. Thank you for that. So we have a couple of gatherings coming up as we're starting to slowly get back into live in-person events. You have a couple of things coming up in April. Why don't you tell us about those? On April the 28th, we have the ICI Safety Forum. We'll have the updates from the Indiana State Police. I'm hoping to see some data on the 2020 road construction, some data on that. Uh, We'll have some updates from the Indiana Department of Labor. One of our guests is going to be Kim Anderson, who is the damage prevention liaison with Indiana 811. Oh, that's good. Um, 
We're also reaching out to a few other people related to that, but we're going to discuss utility damage prevention. Very good. Biggest thing we hear about. Yeah. Indiana 811 has their Xactix software. I was online with one of their meetings today and saw a demonstration of that. And I know they're in the process of doing a lot of training with the contractors with that software. They're really trying to bring themselves up into current days and times. They've fallen behind and brought in a new guy. And I'm really impressed with what they're they're doing. They, they know they've got a problem. Yeah. I saw the software. I mean, it would take someone who's calling in, locates, and dealing with the tickets that would be more versed than I would to, to give a critique of it. But I saw it. It looked pretty solid. The one benefit I do find from those regular meetings that they have, it's um, on Wednesdays. Participating in that meeting is strong because you get to know some of the key individuals with the Indiana Underground Regulatory Commission, locating companies, Citizens Energy, and just getting to know some of those people, which is extremely beneficial. Yeah, that's good. That's glad. I'm glad you're doing that. Well, Sarah, I think that's all we've got today. April 28th, the regular ICI Safety Forum. And you can find out how to attend those things just going to our website or looking at the newsletter and Yes. You got to sign up. Sign up. Go to the newsletter and sign up. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you again to our guests, Jim and Richard, as well as our sponsor, the Horton Group. To get in touch with the Horton Group, give them a call at 574-334-5500. Join us every Friday during your morning commute to hear safety talks, member spotlights, and inside information about the infrastructure and transportation construction industry. This has been ICI Digs Deep. Let's break ground together. Together.